This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Lions 24-7 podcast, Tyler Donahue, Sean Fitz, and we already had a podcast session planned for a Friday morning, became a lot more interesting a couple of hours uh, when news surfaced, and fortunately was broke by our very own Sean Fitz, so we'll get some insight from him, but Sean Spencer, long time James Franklin assistant, nine years serving under James Franklin, dating back to their days at Vanderbilt, six of those seasons uh, here in Happy Valley. He's moving on to the NFL. New York Giants have hired him away from Penn State. Uh, A big void, uh, certainly for the Penn State coaching staff. A big void for our team beat coverage because Spencer's about as good as anybody when uh, when you get him in, in front of you talking about his guys in that defensive line room. But as we say repeatedly, life moves fast in college football. And for the fourth time in five weeks, Sean, we see a positional coach moving on out. These Fridays, man, they're killing us. We had, uh, what, uh, Troutwine was hired on a Friday. Jared Parker left on a Friday. Now we got Sean Spencer on a Friday. Friday's usually the slow time. We were talking earlier this week about this episode. What are we going to talk about? Well, we got news. It's not exactly the news that we wanted because we're both big Sean Spencer fans, both as a, as a coach and a person. So unfortunately, uh, the NFL calls, it's so attractive right now. And I can't really get that across, uh, you know, how, uh, how attractive it is to coach the NFL, get, I would assume, a pay raise, not have to recruit anymore, not have to do the travel and recruiting and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, uh, Joe Judge has another assistant. And, uh, you know, good good for him. Uh, it's going to be a tough break for Penn State. Uh, obviously, Sean Spencer's been a constant on that defensive line, which has been, you know, one of the, the more consistent units. Uh, I, I don't know that they lived up to expectations this past year based on what we heard coming out of camp in August. But still, I mean, one of the best run defenses in the country and and really one of the best groups uh, across the conference. But uh, still, I mean, you're going to have to replace him. It's a fourth new hire on the staff. Um, what's interesting to me about this, that the timing is just so crazy these days in college football because – you know, it used to be that you could get through the holidays and get through the bowl season, and then you'd have a, a bit of turnover. You have the AFCA convention, which they had a couple of weeks ago in Nashville, and then you were kind of safe. Now it's just uh, basically a free-for-all, and, and, and used to be uh, after that second signing day, maybe you'd see a spike, but really it's just anybody going anywhere these days, and it's going to be a tough replacement for James Franklin. I know that the, there's some names that have popped up on the preliminary names, which are you know sometimes accurate, sometimes not. Uh, but it's going to be a tough hire for him because he's got to replace such a big presence in that locker room. Uh, Sean Spencer has obviously been just one of those guys that's always been there. And, and you got to think about, uh, well, first off, one of the first things I thought about, Shaka Tony, man. He's coming back for his senior season, makes that decision, and all of a sudden his, his position coach uh, leaves. We saw some tweets for some players late Thursday night as this thing started to to matriculate out. Um, they're not too happy about it, but uh that's college football these days. It's uh, it's an unfortunate reality, and that's kind of where we stand right now. Yeah, and a lot of those players want to get to the NFL, and a lot of these coaches want to get to the NFL. You mentioned there's a lot to like about making that leap, and you know you're not worrying about the NCAA oversight, uh, you know, and the compliance stuff that goes with everything. And you talked about the timing. One remarkable thing that kind of goes overlooked already in college football because we've had the early signing period now on three different occasions in December. Think about all these coaching changes as you're trying to corral a class into the first Wednesday of February. All the conversations you and I used to have with recruits, are you still on board? Are you going to go for a late visit somewhere else? Your position coach is leaving. Not part of the dialogue right now. And part of that is because Penn State essentially closed up shop there in December. But, uh, you know, that, that's something that I remember chasing down prospects, you know, for years when things like this would happen. And you're trying to, to kind of weigh uh, how a coaching departure could change their mind or sway them in a, a last second switch up. Just not, not the case now. And they've already got a couple guys on campus in that defensive line room. Cole Brevard, Bryce Mostella. 
Yes, and Fatoma Mulba's there as well. So that's right. Um, be it, it's it, it's not a panic issue from a recruiting standpoint. Of course, he was out on the road for Penn State all week, and then all of a sudden it turns around, and and the travel period, the uh, the contact period ends uh, essentially today. So they're going to be everybody's going to be coming back off of the road on Friday. So I mean, you kind of just got to turn around, throw that one in the trash can because he's been out on the road uh, recruiting for Penn State all week. So now you got to regroup. you got to find a new guy. I don't think there's any real sense of urgency. Of course, they're going to have the junior day this weekend, but not a real big defensive line-centric junior day. It's going to cost me a couple of hours from the mini board that I was doing on the defensive tackles. Not that the the, the targets will change, but still, it's going to change some things in those guys' uh, eyes uh, for, for their recruitment. But yeah, it's just a really interesting uh, situation. I mean, you just got to tip your hat to Spence and say good luck. And now Franklin's got to replace him. Obviously, name's going to pop up. Elijah Robinson at Texas A&M, former Penn State player, was a graduate assistant of uh, Larry Johnson, pupil for the most part. He, of course, is at uh, A&M after a stop at Baylor and was very successful at Temple. He's been doing some really good job recruiting, especially in the Northeast. I mean, he's one of the first calls that I would make. Andrew Jackson uh, at Old Dominion, and I know that's not a flashy name, but Excuse me. Andrew Jackson was Sean Spencer's right hand man for those days uh, when Joe Brady was here, when, uh, you know, those those GAs were here. I see him as a riser in this industry. He's gone from uh, Fordham to James Madison and now he's at Old Dominion. I always thought of him as Spencer's heir eventually. Didn't really think that it would come this soon, so timing could be an issue. Um, but I really think a lot of Andrew Jackson, and I know a lot of uh, players that have been around, think a lot of Andrew Jackson as well. So there's just uh, it, it's too early to, to to sort of see where Franklin's going to go from a serious standpoint. There's some uh, a Clemson coach has been pointed out. A couple of other guys have have been pointed out if you follow the follows. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a really big hire because that's such a. a, a dominating personality, a guy that really everybody liked, uh, a guy that uh, could sort of be the liaison between a player and and a head coach is sometimes there's a gap there. So it's going to be a tough one. I mean, it's not going to be easy to replace Sean Spencer. Unsurprisingly, he was a, st- a scene stealer when HBO came and, and covered HBO for a week. And um, yeah, Sean Spencer, his presence will be missed at Penn State. I, I think, you know, taking the temperature of our line's 24 message boards and they're hot right now. Elijah Robinson is a very popular name. And you look at the resume and what he's accomplished at multiple stops, what he's done on the recruiting trail uh, in, an, in a region that is very important to Penn State. Uh, a lot of things add up there, but let, let's also face the facts that Texas A&M has financial resources of their own. So uh, it'll be interesting to see there. I uh, have to imagine that is a guy who's high on Franklin's list, but uh, we'll find out soon. Uh, most of these moves have been made within a week or so um, with us finding out who the replacement uh, is in, in these vacant situations. Um, we've talked a lot about the offensive changeover, Sean. This is the first defensive positional change this team has made since before they won a big 10 championship it's 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 pretty crazy to think about tim banks coming in at the safeties coach in 2016 that was the last time they had to swap out a position coach and there has been uh mass exodus and 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 moving parts on the offensive side of the football but they've had stability and and now you're left in terms of who was on that original penn state staff that james franklin brought brought in or 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 went and got from vanderbilt you got brent pry coaching linebackers your defensive coordinator now and of course terry smith as well at the cornerback position but this is a, a guy who has been a staple of, of Franklin's you know, inner circle going back almost a decade. He's one of the original guys here. Um, so it's going to further test Franklin's ability to uh, you know, evolve, adapt, and replace guys. It comes with success. He's talked about it. People are going to want a piece of your success. And, and very clearly, Sean Spencer uh, played a, a major role in what the Nittany Lions were able to do in five straight years of 40-plus sacks to program record. And you know, just, I think, in general, the culture they like to point to at Penn State, he, he in a lot of ways typifies that. The stability has been a big selling point for them. I mean, he's been just one of those guys that's always there. And I, I just think it's it, it's really interesting because Sean Spencer has had opportunities. Oklahoma came after him with a, a nice little raise a couple of years ago, been very loyal to uh, to James Franklin. Of course, Penn State, uh, other coaches, uh, Brent Pry has turned down jobs. Terry Smith has turned down jobs. For them to keep that defensive staff together as long as they had was was pretty remarkable in the first place. So, I mean, that, that, we're talking, what, 2016? That's uh, almost four years. That's a long time these days. And and you saw it on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe you get a little bit more stability over there uh, with some some younger blood. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a really interesting turnover. And and Penn State's kind of uh, Penn State's defensive staff has 
kind of been immune to it. So so where do they go from here? I mean, Spencer, uh, tremendous personality, tremendous teacher, One, I think one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Um, it, it was always funny because we always talked about Sean Spencer as this dynamic personality. And then as a recruiter, I think he was very good. I don't know that he was great. And that's something that it's always been really interesting to me that we've talked about defensive tackle recruiting recruiting just over and over and over again. And, you know, you, you see guys like Brian Bressey going elsewhere and you just think that if you know Sean Spencer and you've seen him coach the way that we've seen him coach for the last six years, you'd want to play for that guy. You want to be attracted to that guy. And he's done very well with recruiting. I mean, Shane Simmons is, was a big-time recruit. Yitor Grossmatos is a big-time recruit, but maybe not at the level that uh, that would probably match his personality. So moving forward, I'm curious to see what uh, what direction this goes from a, a hiring standpoint because 2021, of course, an important class. I think defensive ends are a really big priority for the Nittany Lions in this next class. Of course, they signed Bryce Mostella last year. Eventually, Zariah Fisher's probably going to be there. But still, this defensive end group uh, needs numbers. It needs talent. And he's done a great job coaching them up, but you know, really hasn't had tremendous, uh, I guess, top-level guys. I mentioned Spencer, mentioned Yitor Gross Matos, but he's turned some really good uh, or some some good prospects into really good college players. So it'd be really interesting to see where that goes from a 2021-2022 standpoint. He recruited Baltimore. He recruited the Northeast. He's a Connecticut guy, recruited Connecticut. There's some pretty good uh, defensive ends up in Connecticut this cycle and then the next cycle as well. So it'd be interesting to see how Penn State fills those voids. Looking back to December of 2017, Jason Oway's recruitment got extremely contentious. And and for him, he really focused a lot um, on Sean Spencer's role and and basically saying, I know what I don't know. Sean Spencer knows a ton. I'm going to go as a sponge, absorb that. He played a huge role in getting Jason away, and and for a kid like that, Spencer always says, you know, he he wants to to them to feel comfortable. Adiza Isaac, all these young players that are going to have to transform their bodies, he wants them to feel comfortable that they're in the right hands. Uh, it will be very interesting because he has established a culture within a culture in that room. The Wild Dogs, you know, it's going to be you know a, a bit of a challenge, I guess, for whoever comes in as the coach there. Um, they're, they're certainly going to command respect from the start because it's someone that James Franklin will have brought in. I'd imagine they're going to have an impressive resume to point to, but still, you're going to have to get these guys. If you're trying to implement some of your own ways and, and your own culture driving, you know, day to day, um, talks and, and just, uh, approach to life and approach to the football field, it's going to be a bit different than, than Sean Spencer did. So that'll be, that'll be an adjustment worth noting and something I'll be curious to talk about when we get these guys in the spring. The important thing here, he did not go to another college program. You're not going to have to recruit against him. It's obviously a promotion to the NFL as a defensive line coach. So good for him. I was texting with him a little bit earlier today, told him he's going to have to take up golf, which I I would love to play golf with Sean Spencer. I think it would be one of the more entertaining undertakings we could do. But he's taking his motorcycle. He's headed to uh, North Jersey. He's going to coach for the Giants, and, and good for him, like I said. He's moving on up. He's going to, he's, I have no doubt he'll be successful. Although, you know, not really rooting for the Giants to be successful here. I, I'm curious to see his contributions to Dwayne Haskins' young career when they meet twice in 2020, Sean. That will be fun to watch. And yeah, all of a sudden, hey, if, if you're a free agent fan out there, I don't think there's many of you, but you got Grant Haley, Saquon Barkley, and Sean Spencer in that Giants building right now. Uh, a nice little thing brewing uh, for Nanny Lions fans. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I, again, Eagles fans don't want to hear this either. So, um, again, this is a big change and it comes, and we talked about this before. The recruiting trail marches on. It stops for no one. And this is a big weekend coming up. Sean, we'll get to an important defensive lineman coming in from the state of New Jersey who, you know, this should have ramifications for them. There's no doubt about it. But we start with the guy we mentioned early in the week, the headliner of the group, the top cornerback in the country. Tony Grimes and, and Brian Doan, the intrepid reporter, national beat for 24-7 Sports, had a few more nuggets about this upcoming visit from his father up on the site on 24-7 Sports on Thursday. Yeah, Tony Grimes is a big-time target. I mean, I list him as one of Penn State's maybe top three defensive target. I mean, you kind of got to layer these guys via position, but Tony Grimes, I have him as the top cornerback on the board, and he's been up a couple of times. He was most recently up in December. He's going to be back this weekend. And I mean, you get yourself a lasting impression with Tony Grimes, who, who, who is going to go the distance. He's going to announce on December 1st. That's uh, something he put out last week, but Penn State's going to get him back on campus for an official visit. Uh, and it's not going to be in the spring as, or the spring or the summer, which to me, that's a very important, uh, 
that's a very important, uh, I guess, dynamic to add to it because when when you know that he's going to go the distance, and we saw Penn State some with some of the guys last year, guys that eventually did extend into the fall and extend into uh, you know closer to signing day, hosted them very early and then sort of fell off. A guy like Fadil Diggs. Um, so I, I think it's good if you know the timing, you, you're going to push it cl- as close to that decision date, as close to uh, signing day as you possibly can, and they're going to do that with Grimes. On the other side of the football, another confirmed visitor at a key spot in the 2021 target board, Christian Veyu, now at the Bullis School, which is where Dwayne Haskins emerged as a star during his high school career. Uh, this is another of those uh, Ontario natives, Penn State recruiting Canada uh, about as well as anyone in the country right now. Uh, and then, you know, Christian Veyu, I, I think, you know, you, you think, you know, some of these recruits we've heard before, undersized guys that they've brought in at quarterback, six foot, five eleven, six foot one. This is a kid who's pushing six foot four, two hundred pounds right now more of that prototypical size and very clearly a uh, kid who keeps returning to campus you and I saw him um, at camp this summer he, he got back for a game in, during the fall and um, you know this figures to be an important one with Kirk Shiraka back in town really good athlete really underrated athlete when you take a look at him he ran a 465 for Penn State last year at camp which you know just just watching him and watching the tape you wouldn't think but still it's nice to have that athleticism got a really good uh he's got a lot of arm talent um had had a pretty good year completion percentage a little low which I think we've talked about before but if I'm looking at Penn State's quarterback recruiting and and I know that I'm behind for Caleb Williams I mean if you get a chance to take a guy like Christian Valu, I think I think you do it so um it's uh it, it, it's one of I guess I don't I don't want to call Caleb Williams unrealistic, but when you're taking a look at what you're going up against, I think they're in the mix. I think they're heavily in there, but I think they're right at the top for for Christian Veyu, um, right there with West Virginia. I know he went down to Duke and and like what he saw down there. Clemson, of course, beating around the bush there. They haven't offered yet, but it'll be interesting to see if they do. Um, but yeah, staying with those Canadians, uh, Aaron Armitage, of course, he's at Blair Academy in North Jersey. Um, Penn State has quite a presence there. Of course, Jason Oway went there. Jim Saylor's in a assistant coach. He's a former teammate of James Franklin at East Stroudsburg. So a lot of relationships there. They've gotten Armitage on campus a few times. Uh, Excuse me. He camped uh, last summer and did a pretty good job. And it will be interesting to see the dynamic without Sean Spencer there, what they're going to tell him, what kind of uh, you know relationship he's going to have to strike up with the next guy because you've got Notre Dame, you've got Michigan, you've got some other schools that are coming after him. I don't think he's close to a decision. I, I still like where Penn State stands. Brian Doan's got his crystal ball on Penn State. And I know it's kind of split between Notre Dame and Michigan as well, but uh, from what he's looking for, for the type of kid that he is, just seems like a fit for Penn State in 2021. Yeah, and and I think you know he's someone that's been interesting to follow this program because I think people think oh it's a it's a private school in New Jersey it must be loaded with talent. Now you go to that campus, they got you know everyone has to play two ways. They got about thirty kids maybe on their varsity roster, and uh, Jason emerged as a junior. The next year, you saw Jason Ajabo. Uh, uh, I'm not Jason, David Ajabo, who ended up at Michigan. Two really interesting stories, guys who got uh, got into football late. He surfaced earlier than Aaron Armitage, and 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 now he's getting a, a quite a bit of respect from our analyst team. Uh, you know, he is a top ten strong side defensive end right now. We've got him as the number two player in New Jersey among high school juniors so a lot of respect and and I'm looking here and I know James Saylor the coach there um, posted a photo just in the past two weeks of of him and coach chaos and and James Franklin so you're right that's going to be a spot where you look to to reboot the relationship a little bit not completely reboot but you're going to have to to kind of take a different approach with a new defensive line coach it's going to be something that's going to need to be addressed this weekend but that's not anything out of the ordinary for Penn State they've had these big Saturdays on campus where you know one position or the other there's a leadership dynamic involved there and and for a little while there was an offensive coordinator uh question about the situation so this is part of the territory again uh Franklin should feel fortunate that he no, no longer has to juggle these transitions with a final approach towards national signing day uh but still it, it is a, a bit of a juggling act in in some regards when you're trying to host these things and, and paint a picture of the future but you don't necessarily know how all the puzzle pieces are going to come together even in that positional room uh 
yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting balance this weekend because you never want to, you know, you never want to have uh, transition while you're trying to, I guess, uh, show these guys stability. But uh, a couple other guys to, to mention here, uh, Rocco Spindler and Garrett Dellinger, a pair of top 100 defensive or excuse me, offensive line teammates from Michigan. Uh, Spindler is going to be a familiar name for some of you, uh, some of you out there, probably some of our older listeners. Uh, his father, Mark, was a fantastic defensive lineman at Pitt and in the pros. Um, he's from Scranton, so there's some connections back to Penn State. But uh, yeah, it's uh, to get these guys on campus, and, we, and I think I talked about it last episode. People are really impressed with the effort that Phil Troutwine has put in so far. Uh, Eli Sutton is, is an offensive top uh, top two four seven offensive lineman from Tennessee that's going to come up. So another big batch of offensive line, uh, excuse me, another big batch of offensive line prospects. Um, and, and I mean, this board it just continues to get bigger with the with the work that Troutwine's putting in with it. And we'll get into another name here, someone I spoke with on Thursday, Sean, and I'll tell you what, a really intriguing player who does not have a Penn State offer right now. Uh, six foot eight, Tristan Bounds, who goes to school at a boarding uh, school up in Connecticut. He, he lives in Bethesda, Maryland when he's not in class, but he's been blowing up on the recruiting trail of late. He's got a lot of power five offers coming his way. Troutwine personally offered him on behalf of Boston College last June, one of his earliest offers, someone he's, he has not met in person yet, but has a, a bit of a history with. And uh, I think Troutwine, you know, you, you come to a new program, you say, uh, here are some names that you don't really have uh, on your table right now, on your radar right now, that I had on my radar in my last spot. Maybe we can mesh some of these. That seems to be a name that they came up with. And, you know, I'll be on offer watch here the next couple of days. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because uh, a lot of teams have pulled the trigger. It's going to be his first time on campus at Penn State. Uh, and like I said, at six foot eight, 260 pounds at the tackle position, that is a lot of room to work with. Such an intriguing frame. Uh, Brian Doan and I, a couple of weeks ago, were, were talking about bounds, and I put on his film. I was pleasantly surprised with the way he moves. Now he's far from a finished product, but uh, you know, six seven and a half, six eight, two sixty is a good place to start. And I would not be shocked if Penn State, you know, once they got a closer look at him, got to see you know all the things that they like to see if they moved on this kid because I think he's a I think he's a pretty good prospect. We have him rated as an eighty eight right now, is a uh, you know as a high three star prospect. I think he is a a guy that can play in the Big Ten at the, at this level. So. So be really interesting to, to follow Tristan Bounds. Um, just uh, just intriguing. And you mentioned he's from Maryland, so there's obviously he's not tied to the Northeast, not tied to Boston College like some of those kids up there are um, that we've seen in the last couple of cycles. But yeah, again, Phil Troutwine, man, he's uh, he's certainly putting in the in the work. He was at uh, Warwick High School on Thursday uh, with James Franklin. Uh, it was a very popular stop on Thursday because you had Franklin stop by, Dabo Swinney stop by, Brian Kelly, I believe, was there. Um, Ohio State was there, although it was not Ryan Day, so there was not some sort of giant anchorman uh, fight scene with all these college coaches getting together, which is you know it's un- it's unfortunate, but uh, you know he he got some face time with uh, with Nolan Rucci. I know there's not too much that you can do at this point, but. Franklin was the first one in at eight o'clock uh, and they made their presence known. And I think that that's a guy that you have to continue to try and get back on campus. And I, I feel like they're going to get him not before the uh, the dead period, which starts on Sunday, but they're going to get him back on campus, get him some one on one time with Troutwine, continue to build that relationship and see if they can, you know, try and finish this one off because we're here in Clemson strong in this one we're here in Penn State's right up there as well. It's going to be a really interesting finish to this one because that's a, that's a five-star legacy in your backyard. That's a, that's obviously would be a very good first impression for Phil Troutwine. Yeah. You know, you're pretty good when your front office of your high school turns into a revolving door of national championship coaches and $5 million a year coaches. And that's what it turned into on Thursday for Nolan Rucci. And it, obviously that's a exciting moment for him and, 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 his it, and it's war, it, but it's Warwick. It's not like it's, it's not like it's St. Francis or it's yeah, not like IMG it's, Academy. Uh, Joe's prep or <laughs> right. something like that, where you you're used to churning these guys out. It's Warwick. It's a public school in, in, in the Lancaster area. And it's, uh, you know, they're not used to this kind of thing. I know Hayden, his older brother, Hayden, Rucci is at Wisconsin right now, but that's uh, I think the last person I remember from Warwick, of course, uh, Tom Deveni, legendary uh, Penn State offensive lineman Tom Deveni, I think is still around the program in some regards down there. 
And by the way, we have a full list of anticipated uh, visitors this weekend. It's another extensive one. Sean has compiled that. It got up earlier on the week. He's been adding names to it as we've been able to confirm to the 24-7 Sports Network and all of our VIP subscribers. Probably well-informed already. If you're not, uh, go check that out. And by the way, if you're still on the fence about VIP stuff, we don't talk about all the stuff here on the podcast. We touch upon a lot of it, but we leave a lot behind that paywall. And right now, 60% off annual VIP subscription. That includes if you're a monthly subscriber, you can upgrade to that annual membership and that's going on until Monday. And by the way, didn't want to overlook this as we turn our attention to the 2021 cycle more and more and more. Uh, Nate Bruce, Liam Clifford, two of the three Penn State commits will be on campus Saturday, Sean, and it's time for them to start stepping up. I, I'm, maybe they already have. Maybe they've been active uh, texting guys, tweeting guys. I don't know, but it's starting to be where you look for some class leaders to emerge. You don't have a lot to choose from in this group, and it's tough with Nick Elsnicks being down in Jacksonville, Florida, not in the region. Uh, those two guys on campus, you know, you start to, to turn to them a little bit and, and be that peer influencer um, in the process. Yeah, I mean, you're getting Nate Bruce back on campus, and of course, his objective this weekend is to, to meet Phil Troutwine on campus and talk a little bit more with him. But yeah, you want to get those guys rolling, and it's just a really interesting time of the year. And I talked uh, last week with Doan about that, that the, the, the recruiting calendar is kind of kind of wonky right now because you've got this dead period in, in February. You're going to get this batch of visits from December. Then you've got a dead period. Then you get more visits and you've got coaches on the road in January. Then essentially nothing in uh, in February. Then you're back at it in March. And then, of course, you're in the spring ball. So it's kind of uh, just all over the place right now. I think people are kind of feeling out how to approach it. Um, not a ton. Of, I mean, there's probably fewer early commitments right now than we've seen in the past couple of cycles. That will change, obviously, you know, as we get into the into the early parts of the spring. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, fairly intriguing to follow um, where Penn State sort of loads up. We know that they go on these runs, and I don't see it happening this weekend. I don't see it happening in February. So you're probably talking about March into April where you start seeing a little bit more on the commitment front. By the way, before we turn our attention away from recruiting, got a chance to, to speak briefly on Thursday morning, very early for him. I think it was before 7 a.m. his time uh, out in California, Rancho Verde High School quarterback A.J. Duffy. He is the very first quarterback target to emerge since the arrival of Kirk Shiraka. Shiraka had gotten to know him a bit out of Minnesota. Uh, that was already an established rapport. Uh, but this is going to be a, a nationwide recruitment process for A.J. Duffy, who does say he wants to get to Penn State uh, this summer. And it's something that he, he sounds like he wants to prioritize. And I think you can get this kid on campus as soon as possible. I think he may end up turning into one of those uh, national recruits. And I know a lot of the fan base has been you know, salivating for Penn State to, to kind of hit a home run with a with a Caleb Williams type I'm not gonna put him at that category quite yet but you look at what he's accomplished so far through two high school seasons AJ Duffy 70% completion rating 5,500 passing yards almost 900 rushing yards and 84 total touchdowns almost 20 power five offers and Penn State among the latest and as I said the first quarterback offer to go out since Kirk Shiraka arrived full story for our VIP members up on the site right now Sean and 2022 is going to be an interesting cycle because you've got Kirk Shiraka's offense, uh, Sean Clifford's development, a lot of things that to, that could factor into how those kids view Penn State. You know, if you get some sort of boom, if you know this offense suddenly takes off or something, you've got some sort of boom in that 2022 class. And so we'll see what happens with that. That's going to do it for the recruiting conversation for now. Full coverage of the weekend and, and the fallout from it on 24-7 Sports, uh, Lines 24-7. Uh, right now, though, we're going to turn our attention to another early enrollee. We know a lot of you have been enjoying those interviews. We're going to get to linebacker Tyler Elsden, a top in-state player, in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We continue to put the spotlight on the newest Nittany Lions. The 2020 recruiting class has already transitioned to the 2020 freshman class. That's at least the case for 11 players who arrived on campus uh, in January. And among them, Tyler Elsden, a linebacker. And a great example of a kid who earned the offer on the practice field this year when he came up to a couple of camps. Tyler, it's a pleasure to have you on. Congratulations. This will air after you're already enrolled. Uh, so wishing you well to begin your college career. But to start, congrats on earning your way to this point. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, like I said, like this is a great opportunity, and I'm just happy to kind of express my story and show my excitement. It's going to be a great, great year, great group of guys coming in. Um, we're all really excited and just got to take advantage of this opportunity now. Tyler, we'll, we'll get to your recruitment and, and how you worked your way into this class and what lies ahead for you in a bit. But focusing on the here and now, we're interviewing you right now a few hours before you and, and your parents drive to Penn State and, and it becomes real. What's going through your head right now? I mean, there's a lot of emotions. Obviously, I'm excited, uh, a little nervous. I think that's natural. Uh, maybe a little fear of not just because it's change. Uh, it's something everybody goes through, uh, but I know I'm going to an institution that's going to prepare me for life and I'm prepared to go there now. So, I mean, all that nervousness, fear, and that's just going to go away once I get there and settle in. So, I mean, just a lot of emotions. It's a, it's a big thing for me. It's a big thing for my family. So it's, it's really exciting. Um, it's definitely something we're all proud of. So, we, we know it's the right thing to do and right place to go. Now, there are some guys in your class, like a Keziah Holmes out of Florida, who, who, you know, maybe knows a little bit about Penn State, kind of landed on his radar when he was 16 years old in terms of the recruitment, and he's been to campus one or two times. For you, you were raised, uh, you know, to really appreciate Nittany Lions football from what I gather. H how big of a deal is this for your family? Is it a generational kind of Penn State fan situation? Honestly, yeah, I, I can say that, like, it is like just for my family, it's obviously huge. I mean, anything with going to school for free, having this opportunity is huge. But just having it as Penn State, uh, being from PA, it's less than two hours away. It's just it's really amazing. And like the support that I've got just because of all the fans, I mean, Nittany Nation, there's fans everywhere, especially here in PA, uh, small town here and small town football. So, I mean, it's it's really motivating for me to have all the support, but it also motivates the community because they have someone to look up to. And I kind of took that in and just want to make everyone proud and just got to continue to do great things and strive for greatness every day. And it's just a great opportunity and it's all working out exactly how I dreamed of. So it's it's a blessing. When your summer break arrived after your junior year, you know, before Penn State had offered, did, did you think this was a legitimate possibility or was it a, a dream, as you would call it? I mean, I had the confidence in myself, but like I said before, I'm in a small town. We don't have a lot of big football players come out of here. It's just small town, hard, gritty football. And I think that was the hard part, kind of a little doubt, like if I'm going to get noticed and stuff like that. And then with recruitment blowing up, I mean, that dream started to come into vision, and uh, it was definitely something I, had to, I still work for. Um, I went to camp there twice and visits, and same thing like with West Virginia when I was there, same thing, like because it was a lot harder to get noticed um, out of my area. But, I mean, as, as time went on and uh, the recruitment started picking up and I finally got in my, my coaches, um, went down to a, a Penn State football clinic and uh, kind of talked talk there a little bit and you know it was just it was a great opportunity it's definitely something I got to stride for and it just kind of boosted my like my morale towards it and I mean I put the work in and I mean it kind of came reality but like at first yeah it was definitely just a dream and like as things started expanding and growing it, it was uh it started to become clear and uh just drove me even more so I'm like I said before I'm blessed and it's gonna be a great opportunity well, you earned your offer in, in the old-fashioned way, I suppose, and going right in front of the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach, Brent Pry, and showing him what you had a couple different occasions during the camp schedule for Penn State last offseason. 
What was going through kind of your process when you got to campus? Clearly, you wanted that offer. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, you were encouraged to come back. And, and, and was it was it a sense of nerves? Uh, and you had to know that you were essentially auditioning for the opportunity to wear the Penn State uniform. Yeah, so the first time I went down there, um, I was pretty fired up. You know, I didn't have my best performance. It was it was still a great camp, like you said, like great like working with Coach Pry, uh, some of the linebackers with that are there helping out and just kind of getting a good feel. So for me, that was big, just because obviously Penn State name, um, the academics and everything were there, but you still got to have like good relationships with the coaches and teammates and stuff like that. And I think that kind of helped it. And uh, maybe I was a little disappointed at the first camp when I left. Things didn't work out exactly how I wanted them to, but like. I'm not the person to give up. Um, I still stayed in contact with them. Um, It just didn't like my my numbers that day weren't the best. I had a little off day and uh, they invited me back down. And uh, so that second time going down, obviously I'm like, like you start getting more anxious, a little nervy because they're obviously asking you to come down for, for a reason. So we worked out, um, had another great workout. And then after camp, we, we got talking and uh, I think that's like reality hit. And like, that's when I knew I was going to be a, a Nittany line. And um, when I got offered, I, I told him there's right then and there, I said 99.9% chance I was going to commit there. And then what is it? A week later, I, I committed. So it was definitely like something I wanted, something I chased for, something I worked for and uh, just being consistent. And I think that's a big thing with me. Like consistency is key. Over the years, just developing, working out, and just developing my body. As a freshman, I was 170 pounds, and like to be where I am at now, like took a lot of work, a lot of consistency. So I just got to continue that, and it should be good. You mentioned going from 170 pounds. Where are you right now as you check in at Penn State? Uh, I weighed myself yesterday. I was 227, so I'm probably going to go in there around 228, 227, and uh, we'll see what they want to do with me. I I think I could probably put be up to like 235, 240. I mean, that's my goal. That's what most of our linebackers are. Um, I still I have some body fat I'd like to transition, and I know like their staff's gonna be perfect for it. Uh, Coach Gall and like all those strength coaches, they they know the deal. Uh, they're really good at what they do. Some of the best in the country. So I'm just beyond excited to get working with them and see what happens. You already had a lot of respect at North Schuylkill High School, and, and in your community, I'd imagine you had 100-plus tackles as a junior. You were uh, a success as a running back. You won a league championship. But when you come back home in June and you become a Penn State commit, you mentioned there's a lot of Nittany Lions fans in that area. Did you notice pretty quickly the way people interacted with you, maybe approached you just around your hometown? Did that change in a, in a noticeable way? Yeah, there was a huge change just because – like I had like notoriety in the school and uh, I mean, people knew of me. Um, I think even like, I'm not like, I still have to earn my spot at, at Penn state. It's not like I'm going to go in there and play, but like they just respected the opportunity and they love the school that like I became like a household name. And uh, like, I'd go out to eat with my buddies and there'd be two people that stopped me. Like no matter where I went, there's people stopping me, congratulating me, asking me about it. Um, I think there's probably one day a week that someone didn't stop me. So, I mean, it was huge. And I think that's that's why I chose Penn State. Uh, a lot of people, like, go out of state or even, like, different schools. I just – I can't – I couldn't imagine doing that. Um, not only for myself but everyone else, too. It was, it's, it's, it's important for us. It's important for the community. And like I said before, it's motivating for everyone. And – it's definitely something that I, I got to put on my back and carry and just walk around with pride and just keep working to make everyone proud. Now, before we look toward your future, Tyler, let, let's look to the past right now. What are, what are some of your earliest Penn State football memories? I mean, I was watching when Joe Paterno was there, they're watching games and uh, just with my dad, um, he'd always have the games on. And um, like I went to my first game, I was actually – I was only like four years ago. I went to my first game and it was I was amazed. It was crazy. It was a because I'm I wasn't used to it. I'm used to not many people in a stadium, like a thousand people, and like that was crazy to me. It was like 
like bigger than life almost and it was uh i think that's like really when the love started growing um it was just i don't know it was really special it was a special place and the more i looked into it reading about it like i kind of consumed myself with it and uh and then my junior year during the season i went to uh the penn state iowa game it was a little rainy game um and at that point i didn't have any offers from any school i just kind of wasn't on the radar as much and uh I was like, man, this would be this would be absolutely incredible, and that's just like that's really when that goal like started working for it, and, uh, and then sooner or later I started getting my offers, but just going to the games um, it was really special, and that's why this year, like after I committed, I went to every home game besides Buffalo. It was just like I love being there. It's a special place. The people are special. The fans are special, and like I enjoy my time there. So it's it's gonna be a perfect fit. You will be playing in Beaver Stadium, knock on wood for your health, in the spring game in April. Uh, you know, get to that point, have an opportunity to be out there on the football field. Between now and then, you know, that's the culmination of, of spring camp. You've got winter workouts ahead of you. Obviously, you've got work to get done on the classroom, in the film room, and, and nameless other things that are going to be on your agenda when you check in at Penn State. But what's kind of your initial mission for yourself? Uh, what are your expectations as you get underway here in 2020? Just go in there and keep my head down and work. I mean, I'm not going to, like, look to the future too much. And like Coach Franklin always says, 1-0, like, I'm going to take it week by week. Um, don't compare myself to the guys that are there. I mean, I'm going to build bonds with them, but they've been there. I'm going to learn from them. I'm just going to keep doing my thing and just make sure that I develop myself the best way I can, put the extra time in when possible, film, whether that be film, lifting, workouts, school, um, I just want to do great things. And uh, like I told my parents, like academic All-American, that's that's one of my goals. I mean, All-American as a football player is obviously would be an amazing. That's another dream. But I know academic All-American is something I could control 100 percent. And uh, uh, that's one thing I'm definitely going to work for. So there's a there's a lot of goals. Uh, I try not to get caught up in them. I just really just work week by week and do my best each day. The last couple of years, we've seen freshman linebackers come in and kind of get work at different spots. You know, Micah Parsons, Brandon Smith, Lance Dixon, you know, and and then they settle in somewhere or maybe they move around again. Has Brent Pry made it pretty apparent where he sees you within his defensive scheme? Yeah, originally he thought Mike. Uh, I think Mike and Will are the two main ones I'll learn. Um, I know I'm sure he'd like me to learn all three, and um, that's something I'm going to do. That's something I'll work for, but Mike and Will, especially Mike. Mike's probably the the number one spot for me, and then Will, and then Sam. But more of an, a box player inside, and like a run a run player. You mentioned the fact that you want to strive to be an All American someday. You're going to be teaming up with one in Micah Parsons. I think he's ahead of schedule, even though he was the guy who coming in had all the expectations in the world. He has met them and then some as a sophomore. What are you looking forward to most about working alongside Micah? And have you two established a relationship already? Uh, we've talked a little bit. I think we'll definitely talk more when we get there. Uh, it's just been really, I've been communicating with. Uh, the commits a lot more. Uh, Charlie, he's a he's a linebacker at Penn State. He's more of an outside guy. I've talked to him a bunch, Dan Johnson a little bit. So like guys that have experience, I've talked to definitely. And uh, I think what I'm most like I'm looking forward to like with working with Parsons is really to see how he goes about business. Um, like everybody does things differently. I'm just learning from him. Um, just the way he moves. Obviously, he's a freak of an athlete. Uh, but just the dedication, the work ethic and everything, just take things that every day, take things from the way he works and kind of build off of him. And who knows, maybe he'll be looking at me and change some things because the way I work. So, I mean, that that's how a team works. No matter who you are and what you do, you can learn something from the guy across from you. So that's, I'm, I'm really excited. Like he has, he's achieved those goals and it's definitely going to be motivating for me. The LBU legacy, I'm sure you're well-versed in it by now at this stage, but when you think about what you bring to the linebacker position, can you kind of give us a self-scouting report about how you would define yourself at this stage at that spot? Yeah, definitely. So I'm like I'm big into film. I like, I like being a smart football player, dissecting plays early. 
I think that's what makes up. I'm not running a four five like Micah Parsons or anything like that, but just knowing where to be, uh, alignment, and then making plays with force, like being aggressive, control, controlled aggression. Um, it's a physical game. It's a violent game, and you just got to play violent in the legal way. And I think that's probably like my biggest thing is you do things with authority. Um, so just working out, just everything's extra, 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 because uh, the small things will add up. And uh, I like paying attention to details. That's why I said about film, watching myself, critiquing myself, watching other guys like Parsons or even guys in the pros. Now I'll watch constantly and see how they do things and how they shed blocks, how they move their feet and stuff like that. So uh, just trying to be a smart football player. But then when time to be on the field, it's not time to think. That's why you got to put the time in before and just react and be natural about it. So um, definitely someone who's going to be hardworking, uh, physical, aggressive, determined, and uh, just willing to put in extra time. 200-plus tackles as an upperclassman, uh, about 20% of those tackles coming behind the line of scrimmage, a dozen sacks to your name. 24-7 sports bumped you up to a four-star midway through your senior season. Well-deserved on that. But you're not alone in that group. You're going to be the first linebacker from the 2020 class on campus. But uh, this summer, you'll be joined by Curtis Jacobs and Zariah Fisher. You're all three you know, unique in your own set. How do you think you complement each other, and what gets you excited about Curtis and Zariah? Oh, like Zariah Fisher, if you watch his film, he's a he's a menace. That's how I'd say he's a big guy. He could probably put his hand in dirt. He could also play linebacker. He hits hard. Uh, he moves well for his size. He's really long. Um, so, like, he like just working with him is going to be awesome. Like I said, like, he, he plays the football the right way, a physical guy with length. And uh, Curtis Jacobs, he's an athlete. He plays linebacker, but he's played safety. He's a wide receiver. He's he's a great coverage guy, but he also has size. I think he's going to be a great fit at Sam, Mike, and Will. Like he could play all three. Um, I'm definitely excited to work with him. I talked with him uh, at camp. I worked with him, um, just communicating. Uh, I think we're going to be a great complement to each other um, on the field in the weight room, everything like that. Working together, it's going to be a Exciting group of guys. I'm really excited to work with them, and I know they could probably say the same. So there's a lot, a lot we're bringing to the table. So that's all I got to say, and it's going to be a great, great couple of years with them. In this class, 27 guys, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different paths to Penn State, but you'll all be working collectively for the same goals when you're on campus. What do you think are some defining traits, themes of this recruiting class, this freshman class? That's going to carry you forward for the next four or five years. Like a bond. We already like our official visit and talking. We already have a good bond and like laughs. Like we're like family already. And I like that's that's probably one thing in football that's kind of overlooked now with recruiting. You got to want to play with the guy next to you. And I think this recruiting class, everybody wants to play with each other. Uh, there's no like me guys. It's like we want to win games. We want to win national championships and. I think that's going to carry us a long way. Just that that love, that bond will will definitely build and strengthen, and like that's unbreakable. That's unbreakable in anything, any sport, any in school or anything. If you if you want to do something, you want to you have the right guys around you that also want to be chasing the same goals. Good things are going to happen. So I think that's probably the biggest thing with us. And I mean, we have obviously we have freak athletes we have we have size we got speed we got great football players all around but i think that's the one thing that sticks out to me and even to the to the coaches is just how close we are and how like much we've developed together already you and i have discussed a lot of football a lot of linebacker but i want to circle back and and you mentioned one of your aspirations is academic all-american status that tells me you've got a pretty good plan in terms of, of what you want to accomplish as a student. What What is that plan for yourself at Penn State? So right now I'm kind of undecided on a major. I'm thinking some some medical or maybe even business. I'm kind of all over, but I know one thing's for sure. I worked my ass off in, in high school doing like education, school, and distinguished honors, honor society. Like there's no reason that should stop in, in college and like, I'm going to take advantage of this schooling that's paid for. And if I work and do things right, it will be paid for through my career. Um, there's no reason to, to waste it. And I think well, that's one thing that's also overlooked. If you're smart, if you're a smart individual off the field, 
you're going to be smart individual on the field and it all interconnects. It makes, it makes an individual a better person, a better player, better student. Um, and being an academic all American, that's, that's, that's a statement that you put in the time and everything that you do, like the small things matter. And, uh, I think being, having goals like that just drives you to do the extra thing. So it's, it's really important for my family. I know my dad said, like, my dad always says, you can't eat footballs. And he, he's right. At some point, football is going to be uh, – is going to end. So I got to have a, a backup plan and prepare for life. So Really appreciate that mindset, that desire. I'm done with the questions, Tyler, but I'm going to give you the uh, the mic now. Plenty of Penn State fans are listening. They, they don't quite know you yet. They're going to get to know you a lot better in the next few years. What's your message uh, to them as you get set to embark on this new chapter? Just stick with us. It's going to be a great group of guys coming in. We have a lot of a, a bright future. Um, the guys that are there already, the guys that are coming in, uh, similar goals, similar mindsets, uh, similar work ethics. Uh, there's there's a standard at Penn State, and the coaches, when they recruit, they get that standard. They're not going to settle for anything less or chase something that doesn't fit the program. So, just trust them, trust us, and uh, we'll we'll take the program to where it should be. And uh, it's it's gonna be a good ride. Um, the family the family bond is is really special here, and it's definitely something that's a lot different than a lot of other schools. I visit a bunch, and uh, there's nothing better than than Penn State football. Well, for you, that starts now uh, in a couple hours. Thank you again for giving us the time, Tyler. Look forward to seeing you around campus, seeing you on the field this spring. For now, just simply wishing you luck. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time, and it was a pleasure. And there you have it. Tyler Elsden, another impressive member of this Penn State freshman class, one of the 11 who arrived on campus earlier this month. And uh, they are a few weeks into this process now. Time flies. You will hear from a few more of these guys as we march on towards spring camp. Uh, Those interviews are upcoming. If you missed the couple that we've already produced, Joe Johnson, the cornerback, Theo Johnson, the tight end, they are already up on Lions 24-7 podcast, so wherever you access that, scroll back just a bit earlier this month. And by the way, if you missed it Tuesday, we've been coming to you once a week uh, during the offseason. I think that's the plan for now. When we get into spring camp, that may change. We, we switched it up this week because of the rankings reveal on 24-7 Sports, the final Top 24-7 came out, including the final set of five stars, which included linebacker Curtis Jacobs, who will be a Nittany Lion officially uh, this summer. Uh, we broke down that conversation. You heard from Terry Smith, the defensive recruiting coordinator at Penn State. You heard from Barton Simmons, the national scouting director here at 24-7 Sports, about why Curtis Jacobs is a special prospect. And we covered a lot of territory there um, about the four-star guys in Penn State's class and, and what to make of some of those rankings. So that was our most recent episode. And I realize because we have been coming to you late in the week on a consistent basis here that may have kind of gone under the radar for some of you so a heads up there that's going to do it for now notably Penn State no other team has more representatives in the Super Bowl coming your way Sunday then Penn State, they've got five, three on the 49ers, two on the Kansas City Chiefs. That game kicks off at 630. Uh, should be a good one, hopefully, for all of us viewers out there. Uh, for now, we appreciate you listeners out there listening to the latest edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. On behalf of Sean Fitz, I'm Tyler Donahue. We'll talk to you soon. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.